0: And helping me find something I'm looking for what are you waiting for head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials
1: and Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole a left by Cole this time tipped in front by Mika Rentinen! he suits and scars Nathan McKinnon, called J.T. Comfort, 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, Collective Hugs, 29 and 92. Save me by Drew Bauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome into the BSN Avalanche Podcast. This Thursday episode is sponsored by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. Luke Marshall is joining me again today, and I think we have a pretty fun episode for you. Luke, how are you doing? And are you ready for this one?
2: Yeah, I'm doing great. I uh, I'm really excited for this. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Gonna have some fun debates. Uh, I was telling my dad about it last night, and he was just getting his blood pressure up, getting excited about it. So um, I think this is going to be a fun one for all the fans.
1: Yeah, I'm. Really curious to see how the older fans and newer fans clash on this one. I'm expecting a couple of different opinions. But uh, first, we wanted to try something a little bit new. If you went to the BSN bar crawl a couple weeks ago, we did some trivia there. So no cheating if you were there. But for those of you that weren't, we have a handful of abs trivia questions that we're going to start asking at the start of the pod. and, And we'll give you the answer to it at the end. So see if you can get it right. I think, Luke, you have the question.
2: Yeah, uh, so in honor of some of the best Avs of all time, we'll kind of go with that theme. So the question is, Joe Sackick leads all Avalanche players in career points. Who is second out of all Avalanche players? Uh, Only in Avs history, no Nordiques.
1: I'm ashamed to admit I got this question wrong at the (laughs) trivia, so be better than me. (laughs) But yes, that is the topic we're going to be talking about today, the top 10 Avs of all time we did rank them ourselves and feel free to respond in the comments with your own ranks as well just a couple of stipulations only counted their abs play so there were some legendary players that would go on to play for other teams a whole lot more than they did for the Avs. that didn't really include things like that and on top of that they had to have a minimum of 100 nhl games played for the abs in the regular season So that just discounts any rentals, like the Avs had Theo Fleury for a minute there. Great player, but not going to count him as a top 10 Av. And of course, that does discount Ray Bork. I I don't want to get into that conversation. (laughs) He's a legendary player, deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, all of that. But he was an Av for a season and a half. So just not in the history books as an Av, besides the Avs getting him his cup. Enough of that. These lists were quite difficult at the bottom.
2: Yeah, no kidding.
1: It, you have a lot of things to choose from to get to number 10, so I did want to do a little bit of an honorable mention for some of the guys that just missed our lists. Luke, what are a couple of guys you had that didn't quite make the cut?
2: Yeah, so I uh, I could get some flack for some of these that didn't quite make it, but um, a few of those are Adam Foote, uh, Matt Duchesne, Paul Stasny, and Alex Tange. All those guys were right in there in the conversations for 9 and 10 um and it was it was tough but ultimately they just didn't quite didn't quite cut yeah a, a couple of those made my list fair enough but the only one that
1: i significantly disagree with you on there is tange uh i think all of your other ones very reasonable to leave off the list
2: so Tange went up and down my list uh i I really debated with him, but yeah he he so he definitely would have been my eleven um but yeah so he he was up there for sure yeah i I had stasny as my eleven okay um
1: after that, Kamensky was up there too I just left off of Varlamov as well okay it's a I understand why he shouldn't be in the top ten, but at the same time he's the second best goalie the Avs have ever had, so yeah,
2: I mean that's not saying a lot though <laughs>
1: it it's not, but it, it, the number
2: one is pretty incredible, but after that yeah. <laughs> right it it goes downhill quickly after that first right, guy right uh
1: but but yeah it's I think you could certainly make an argument for any of those guys to be on the list, depending on how you feel, but just. Uh, there's some new blood on my list. I'll put it yeah. that way. Yeah, um, it, it's a very interesting time for this list. A bit of a transitional period in in some ways.
2: So well, yeah. You had the best Avalanche team and one of the best teams in general uh, in, in hockey, and then now we're kind of transitioning to that. Might be where we're going again, right? So, and, yeah. And it's in the salary cap era, which is makes it even more impressive. It's an exciting time, to yeah. say the yeah. least, yeah. for sure. So
1: yeah. I think plenty of those guys you can make a case for. I could even see a, a couple of other players. I know Claude Lemieux is popular with yep. some people, Sandus Lynch, things like that. Uh, so I'm sure some of these players will appear on our list. Like I said, I do have a couple of those guys on my list that, that Luke does not. So let's jump into it. A- at number 10, I went with the freshest blood, Miko Rantanen.
2: Oh, yeah. Our uh, our lists are going to be very different. Um, yeah. So I actually went with someone that uh, wasn't on your list. It sounds like just missed it. Valerie Kaminsky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think that's totally fair to put on the list. The one thing I kind of kept him off for was he didn't have that much longevity with the Avs. Less yeah. than 300 games. And yeah, some of that was with Quebec. Sure. But we, we discounted Quebec. So.
2: So. I'll start off by saying some of my criteria was I didn't discount players for the shortness of the period that they were with the team. I just tried to say in that period how much better did they make the team. So, um, yeah, you know, players, players who played a really long time, led the team in all-time points and stuff like that didn't, didn't necessarily crack my list for those reasons.
1: Yeah, I pick and chose when I wanted that to yeah. be a factor <laughs> and not. Yeah, well,
2: that's, that's the thing. I tried to set down a criteria and then it was like you get to some guys and you're like, yeah. <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm, I'm throwing him up there. Right. Exactly.
1: Uh, but yeah, I, I think it it's interesting that you're the young guy and, and going with Kamensky and I'm going with Rantonin. Yeah, well, who's a little, there's least, a reason
2: for that. <laughs> yeah. Because
1: <laughs> Rantonin's in your top five. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, we'll see. We'll get there. Just uh, a little bit more on uh, Kamensky. He is one of 11 players that has scored over the 100 goals for the avs yes. and that's not nothing certainly
2: right and he was third in points per game played for the avs so yeah. um someone who in 58 points in 56 playoff games he was just dominant when he was with the team obviously won the cup in um 96 yeah um so i i just felt like in terms of while he was there the difference that he made for the team and obviously Anybody who can push you over the edge to get a cup, that's that's very valuable for me. Certainly. it's He
1: will always be part of that legacy for the ABS of, of that initial cup run and, and all of that, which a lot of people on this list will be. But he's certainly part of that. You could make that same argument for Claude Lemieux, someone I left off my list. Uh, Kaminsky was certainly the more offensive-minded one. He was someone that, that regularly played in the Avs top six in power play and was expected to score goals right. and let's face it offense is what gets you on these type of lists it's yep. why we see the adam right. foots fall down the list and- yep
2: and and that's a caveat with that is i i realized the impact that adam foot had on the team and i'm i'm not trying to discount that but i'm also a product of the new school uh defensive thinking which is you know puck moving scoring defensemen over you know the big bruisers so yeah, that's just how it shook out for me. But I, I would understand if if you're outraged. Um, I am not. <laughs> I,
1: I do. Adam Foot is actually my number nine. Got it. Uh, Got we'll it. save Rancidin for whenever you had him ranked. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of your your same theory with Kaminsky. He's part of that legacy. He will always have both of the Evs Cups as as part of what he's done. Um. That puts him right around the 10 conversation. What put him over the top for me is when he ended up coming back after his stint in Columbus yep. and was uh captain. Was he captain? Yeah, yeah he was he captain was for captain, a year. I believe right. his last year, I think he was captain and that's, there are very, very few players who can say they've worn the sea for the ass. Yeah, yeah, that's and true. I think that's kind of a big deal.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I, if it wasn't for just his not quite getting the offensive production that's something that's definitely impactful for me with Gabe Landiscog. Um just he's the second longest tenured captain on the team so um, but yeah I, I definitely understand the value in that in foot but if I remember right wasn't his captaincy taken over by Hayduke like after a year or something I can't remember how um, I believe he wore it that last year and then retired.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and then Hedjuk had it for a year and said I don't want it. Give it to right, Landis. Right, 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 right.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I I I definitely see the uh the options with with Foot. And I was watching some of his highlights of just his hits and Yeah. boy is that fun. <laughs> and it was I mean
1: defensemen like that simply don't exist anymore cuz you can't play the game that way. You'd get called for a penalty on every single play, <laughs> but it's it was something very very necessary for the abs to have back in the day of, of the clutch and grab era foot just a big strong guy that mugged people in the corners yeah. and, and that's with the goalie behind him you win a bunch of games 3 to 2 by doing that. Right. So and
2: and in that era he was one of the best at doing that. Absolutely. So, um and I just pulled up the uh the stats ter- in terms of captaincy he was captain for 12 games in 07-08 when Sackett got injured. Okay. So um, backup captain. And then well. yeah and then he was two he was captain captain two years in a row twenty nine twenty ten 2010 and 2010 2011. So his final two years yep. he wore the yeah. C as well. Yep. And yeah. then that went to Hayduk and then Landy.
1: All right, perfect. Uh, who was your number nine? Uh,
2: my number nine was Rob Blake. Um, my number
1: eight, so okay, we're yeah, in the same conversation there. Yeah,
2: so in terms of defenseman, he was second in points per game played, um, 43 points in 68 playoff games, uh, won a cup, obviously. And the the thing that I really like about Rob Blake, and I think he could still kind of fit into that modern defenseman role, is that yeah. he's, got, he's got that two-way ability. Absolutely. He was a scorer, but he's also that guy who lays the – Absolutely brutal hip checks and, and comes back defensively. So I, I really like Rob Blake's game in general. I think he was a fun player to watch, and I still got to see him um, while I was watching hockey because some of these guys, you know, Valerie Kaminsky, I didn't really get to see, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, fun player to watch, and I, I would have put him higher if, if the Avs weren't so good. How old are you? I'm 20. Okay, so yeah. you weren't even alive for their first No.
1: Call. Wow. No, no. All right. I mean, I was only five,
2: right? And so I was, yeah, I was two for the, for the,
1: the O one cup, the O one cup, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right, all right. So yeah, definitely a little bit of a difference yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. The thing for me growing up, especially during that second cup run, I wanted to be Rob Blake as a defenseman. Yep. I, the guy who just has a missile of a slap shot, and Ugh. then on every highlight reel, you could Google him at any time. And the first highlight I guarantee will him just absolutely blowing someone up with his <laughs> hip. And yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, I, I loved both sides of his game. Just, just a gorgeous player to watch.
1: Yeah. I, the abs have had many offensive defensemen yeah. over the years yep. of which I put none on my list. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But, it's probably a little bit of my own bias, I will admit. I've yeah. I've I've always had trouble reconciling offensive defensemen that just don't do anything in the defensive zone. I
2: can completely understand that. Yeah.
1: Um, so Rob Blake was the guy who had the offense and the defense right. for me and, right. and I think easily makes my top ten. And now he GMs for a
2: really bad team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe he'll turn it around. We'll see. Who knows? <laughs> Alex Turcott could to do got some a lot there, of work you know? to do with some of those contracts. Yeah, but, no, no uh, kidding. We'll see no about kidding. that. Uh, all right, one more. What was your number eight for this segment? My number eight is Milan Heyduk. Um, wow. So okay. I know that's a big drop, but once again, I wasn't I wasn't looking for in terms of uh, longevity. So obviously, he's a guy who uh, put up a ton of points and a ton of goals for the abs. Uh He won Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy in 0203, yep. but that was his kind of anomaly of a season he had 98 points and 50 goals in that season and then never cracked 80 points uh ever in his career outside of that season so and and that was on one of the most stacked Avs teams of all time so um you, you know that was the other thing that I ranked uh in a lot of this was you know how much better did they make the team around them and how much did they benefit from guys around them being incredible um so yeah, that's that's why hey Duke, uh is there for me, but definitely inc- an incredible player. Fourth in goals per game, um, but he was second on the abs in terms of games played. So that's why those totals kind of look like he was it. first. Really? Yeah. I, no, I thought it was Joe Sakic. No. Nope. Oh. If you discount Quebec, he's first. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, then that would be why I have him second. Okay. So yeah, then there you go. Even more so that that's why his um, his point totals are so high. His goal totals totals are so high um but he's someone that I definitely did get to watch a lot and just just such a fun player to watch but uh yeah that's that's what yeah, he on
1: my 8. i guess you're probably a little too young to remember the amp line yeah no given hey Duke at 8 and tangay off the list
2: yeah uh, i uh, i i'm telling you though i i toyed with having Tenge even before Heyduke, I, I yeah I know I bunch. know
1: it's he's a very unique player right. as, as well and and we'll get to him a little bit more. I
2: had Heyduke
1: all the way up at four. Yep, fair enough. Um, I did not discount longevity. I, right, the only player to play a thousand games in an Avs jersey. It's it's a big deal. I think he deserved his number to be retired a lot more than Ray Bork did. Yeah, um, yeah. I. I'm glad he got it retired. I think he defined what a winger was supposed to be for me for a long time yeah. as just that purely raw, talented goal scorer. The offense exists. Right. <laughs> um, but that's not what Hayduke was paid to do. And he was just, after Joe Sack, Started to decline as well. Arguably, with one of the greatest wrist shots ever, Right. Heyduk was the guy to step up and and start firing pucks into the net.
2: Right, and I, like I said, I only got to see a couple of years of the two of them together. So yeah, that was at the the decline of their careers. But yeah, I mean Hayduk is a guy who, if you have Sackic on the first line and Hayduk on the second, it was it was pretty fun to watch. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'd, anyone from uh, the Avs top talent is there's three players that have more points than anyone else in Avs history by a lot two of them i imagine are in both of our top threes i can imagine and the other is hey Duke. right so he definitely did not score anywhere near the pace of the other two guys and and that's reasonable i understand why that would knock him down a little bit but right. but for me he's still up there in the top five Go ahead and stop segment one there. Get through our first three selections. We do seven, six, five, and we'll see if we get into four in segment two. I think this part is going to be extremely interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a bunch of different names coming up here, depending on who we like, and, and I'm sure who the listeners are, are interested in as well. But first, need to pay a few bills, and do that, I'm going to tell you guys about the official beer of BSN Denver and Breckenridge Brewery. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this that light hearted Kolsch ale. But for those of you that don't know what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer for that matter. And make sure you also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. We just launched it about a month or two ago now, and you can see all of the events we have planned on there. And we'll be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and come out and have a good time with us. We will be back in segment two in a second.
0: Tax debt is impeding the growth of millions of small businesses in the U.S. That's why Symbio Tax and Administration's goal is to enable small businesses and individuals to make informed and calculated decisions when it comes to their taxes. Symbiotax provides small business owners with expert services in resolving tax liabilities and providing financial clarity. I would recommend George to anybody who has to deal with the IRS. His strengths and depth of knowledge make him really valuable. You know, over the course of years as a real estate broker, I have had the opportunity to talk with many different tax people. But the one thing I have found with George is he was very easy to work with. He was very articulate. Symbiotax is experienced in preparing returns for all income levels, as well as securing penalty abatements and settlements for qualified individuals that sometimes save the taxpayer thousands. George was able to save us about $7,000, and of course, being an independent real estate broker, $7,000 is a substantial amount of money, and it was really nice to get that dealt with. They offer free consultations, so be sure to check out Symbiotax.com for more information. That's S-Y-M-B-I-O. T-A-X dot com.
1: Second segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and Luke running down the top 10 avs of all time, at least in our opinions, I'm sure. We've already gone off track with some people's lists by now, and and our lists are just going to keep diverging I suspect. (laughs) At this point, we've already had a couple of, of big differences. Starting in on this segment with number seven, Luke, who do you got?
2: So, I figured after, uh, after my first article kind of tore him apart, uh, <laughs> I decided to throw Tyson Berry up here. So, okay. he's at my number seven. He's the all-time defensive points and goals leader, um, and he's only fourth in terms of games played. Um, so, it, just one of the best offensive defensemen uh, in Avs history. He's gotten snubbed in terms of the NHL, just uh, in the current NHL, um, in terms of his records and, and awards and whatnot, but... Um, definitely still a guy who made a huge difference on the team and I think I think that's the key for me is that I mean if you just throw that 48 point season right into the into the garbage and forget about it um, he he's been key to every Avs playoff run since he's been a member of the team without him I don't think that they're as dominant in 2013-14 in the regular season in the past two seasons we saw him especially last season in the last few games uh, take them to where they needed to be and play really well in the playoffs too so Um, 14 points in 21 total playoffs games. Um, yeah. And and in his best season, he was seventh. uh, This was last season, obviously he was seventh in defensive scoring, um, in the NHL. Yeah. It's
1: in hindsight, I'm regretting leaving him off my list a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe trying to, to forget about him (laughs) because
2: he's not on a team anymore. Well, and, and there's also the bias of like, and this is what I didn't just say is, his defensive game makes you want to smack your head into it a does. wall. It and does. so um, in terms of that, you know, that's where I, I toyed with the Rob Blake maybe going ahead of him because he's more of that two-way guy. But um, at the same time, you know, Tyson set some serious records, and he did it in not as many games played as a lot of these guys. Um, so, you know, he, he he deserves to be an all-time av. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't really regret putting him in this position, although – Uh, There are definitely I I was on the trade him train and there were definitely times where his defensive mistakes made me, you know, pull my hair out. So
1: he's always been very polarizing. It seems like for most people, you either love him or you hate him. And I, I do believe his offensive ability absolutely outweighed his defensive mistakes on most nights. Right. He is more than 25 points ahead of John Michael Lyles, who is the second most scoring defenseman on the team. And did so in less games. So I think there's a very legitimate case for having him ranked here or or potentially even a bit higher. I would have a really hard time fitting him into the top five. Yeah. But I agree with that. He was very solid for a pretty significant time frame for the abs. And maybe gets knocked down a little bit because he didn't have the talent around him. The team for a lot right. of his career and, and, was and not great. And that's kind of the
2: other part of it is, is some of these older guys played alongside, yeah. like I said, pre-salary cap era, one of the best teams in history. Um, and yeah, so Tyson Barrett, you know, 2013-14, he's playing uh, on a team that has talent but not that level, and he, and he was able to elevate his game. So, sure. Yeah.
1: For me at seven, I had Alex Tangay.
2: Okay, I yeah. I think... A
1: lot of people were left with a bad taste in their mouth from his return to the team. Yeah, that's understandable. When he just couldn't do it anymore and was older and slower and tried to cheat on offsides constantly. (laughs) But I said Rob Blake was the type of defenseman I wanted to be as a forward I mean, really, it's Peter Forsberg, but Tange right. but was that same style of player of absolutely pass first, set up your teammates all the time, and try to make the really pretty play. That's what I wanted to be, and what I modeled my game after, not only in, in hockey, but in a lot of sports that I played as a kid growing up. So he kind of holds a, a special place to me personally in my top ten. Yeah. He has some other very interesting stats. One of the best shooting percentages of of anyone on the Avs because he never shot the puck, but when he did it usually went in the net. <laughs> uh and you know his his scoring per game I think unfortunately took a bit of a dip because of that second stint with the Avs and, and things like that. Still very fun, you know, scored one of the the key goals off of a Joe Sakic rebound in the in the Cup Finals.
2: Yeah, and, and he's, in terms of guys who have played 100 games played, I'm just looking at this um, again, he's eighth in points per game played. Um, yeah, just, just an incredible yeah. talent. I, I think I'm glad that you have him up there because I, I toyed with him all the way up till I think, five, and then I, you know, docked him well, down as I added guys to the I, list. So. Right. I, I definitely
1: would never put him ahead of Heyduke. Yeah. Heyduke has his number retired for a reason. I think Heyduk deserves to have his number retired. Tange, yeah, mm, maybe just falls a little short uh, of getting that jersey number but, retired. But I think
2: I think part of that is also with the longevity of his career. Very if you, true. Very If you take the stint, you know, when when um, when Tenge was on the team, he was he was a really dominant force and uh, provided a lot of offense for the Avs. So you you could definitely make the argument. But yeah, I agree. Him and Heyduk were kind of in my same. Um, Tier, if you will, of my top ten, and so it was. It was trying to decide how I, where I put that tier. Yeah, and
1: I mean, if you look at their careers in total, Tenge actually did end up scoring more points than Heyduk mm-hmm. and, and playing a handful more games, but that just uh, eight years of that wasn't with the Abs, right? So right. it's it is what it is. I I think he deserves a, a spot in the top ten, but definitely wouldn't put him near the top and if he's just outside i think that's totally reasonable as well okay number six this is
2: where things start
1: getting interesting Mm -hmm. i'll let you go first
2: yeah so I have someone who I know you don't have. Oh. Uh, I have Sandis Ozilin okay. at six.
1: Yeah. See, I don't have any other defensemen. Right. I had Blake and Foot, and that was it for defensemen. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: So, in that sense, that shows you know the environment I've grown up uh, up in in terms of hockey. Uh, I love those offensive guys who can jump up into the play and and play along uh, the top lines. So, uh, Ozilin had 253 points in 333 games for the Avs. Um, so was in his 300 games was dominant uh, on the defensive end, um, he, but he was also a member of the best team in that history. So dock him a little bit for that, uh, but he was first in defensive points per game, and I think the, the reason I have him slightly over Barry there, I know that Barry beats him in the all-time record and whatnot, but O's Lynch was in an era when defensive scoring was not the way it is today. Yeah. So he, he was kind of one of those guys that carved out that role. Uh, he was second in defensive scoring in his best season um, and 65 points in 82 playoff games, and obviously he won, won a cup. So d- just a dominant guy that I think changed the style of the Avs, uh, being someone who can score really prominently on the back end. So. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. Again, someone that deserves to to be in the conversation. I I kind of like how our lists are shaping up because yeah. we're kind of touching on everyone yep. <laughs> from from the Avs' Glory years. That except for I guess we both left off Lemieux because yeah. he's Lemieux. Yeah. If you want number one for beating up the Wings, and <laughs> maybe Lemieux tops that yeah. list. But it, I like that you could really go any of these directions with, especially the Glory years guys.
2: Well, and that's kind of the hard part is, you know, it'd be a lot, a lot easier if you were able to make this list like top 10 before 2005 oh, and yeah top yeah. 10 after 2005. Right. That would be a way different conversation. But part of it is the changes in the NHL. Of course. Um, obviously, the old cup team has had all the success. Um, but yeah, it's it's it was a tough list to make. And, and yeah, like you said, you can make a lot of different arguments. Yeah.
1: Uh, I... Once again, with this pick, went significantly younger, and took Gabe Landeskog as my number six.
2: Interesting, yeah. So he was, he was outside my top ten. I didn't obviously, I didn't even say him in, in honorable mentions. Um, uh, give me your reasoning, but then I'll I'll tell you mine.
1: Uh, yeah, I, so I've spoken previously about foot and valuing the the very limited captaincy that the Avs have had right. in their history, and Landeskog you mentioned is the second longest tenured captain and is going to continue to be that captain as long as he's with the team, which he will certainly be for the next two years. And I would say it's a relatively safe assumption that he continues to be that after onto his next contract. Uh, Beyond that, he's one of the better high end defensive forwards we've ever had. Ryan O'Reilly was probably better defensively, but, He's not anywhere near my top 10 for yeah, this team. Yeah, so, um, And he's in the top 10 in goals, in the top 10 in assists. Really one of the stronger Avs players. People don't really realize it. He has the seven most points in Avalanche history yep. and is poised. Will almost certainly pass Matt Duchesne this season to move up a spot could very easily pass Paul Stasny to even break into the avs uh, top 5 uh, scorers of all time and that's just this season. Right. Yes, you're you're predicting into the future a little bit here um but you know barring catastrophic injury or something like that I fully expect Landis Gog to to be someone similar to Milan Heduk as a very long time av uh player that Maybe doesn't have the highest points per game, but was someone that you could rely on every single night to to come in, lead the team, and and produce for you. So, I have him at six because he's not there yet. Right. I think by the end of his career, it's going to be very, very difficult to ever put anyone new in the Avs top three. But yeah, yeah. maybe no, he he's didn't. pushing for the fourth spot or something right.
2: like that. Yeah, and if you want to talk longest tenured Avs, he will absolutely be up there by the end of his career. I'm confident in that. Yeah. Um, like you said, barring some serious injury. But um yeah, that was a very compelling argument. It made me <laughs> go, Wow, I, I maybe slept on Gabe Landeskog a little bit. But um yeah, I think I think the other the other part of that I, I listened to a Nathan McKinnon interview yesterday and he talked about um how selfless Gabe is and how he really rallies the locker room. And, and I, I, character, as I said in yesterday's podcast is something that I really value in players. And, um, he's one of the best character uh out there. So yeah, definitely can make a case for him in, in, in the top 10. And, uh, yeah, I I like that selection.
1: Yeah. It's so you regret Landy and I regret Barry and we'll (laughs) call it even, (laughs) uh, okay. What was your number six then?
2: uh sandis ogilinj oh
1: that's right we already covered that yeah yeah okay uh so i guess we'll break into the top five here this is where things start to get fun for me same Uh, for me (laughs) i just i stuck with my seat my theme if i put landis cog at six i figured i had to put mckinnon at
2: five okay yeah i i fully respect that um I put him a little bit higher, so uh, I, well, I guess we'll talk about him in a little bit. But yeah, I I think he's if I I, I did the projecting projections yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, in terms of the career. So like you said with Landis Cog, by the end of his career, he'll be higher up, and that's kind of how I put uh, McKinnon now. Put McKinnon yeah. exactly, and it kind of leads into what my five is. And I think you've been expecting this one, Miko Rennan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I realize I know this one's a little bit off the wall here, but um, he has been so dominant in his career, and the reason that in his short career, but the reason that I put him up there is because he's only twenty two and he's one of the best players in the league already um eighteen points in eighteen playoff games, already sixth in all time points per games played um and I think the big reason why I threw him up here is because. He came in in the 48-point season, played a few games, and then since then the Avs have made the playoffs twice, and I think he's been integral to that both times. Um, He's helped set up one of the best lines in in the NHL, if not the best line. Um, And you can make the argument that he gets a lot of his production from McKinnon, but I I personally don't feel that way. I think I mean sure you play alongside McKinnon you're going to it's going to be awesome. It doesn't hurt. Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't hurt. Definitely. But uh I think Renton is just that special of a talent and if another team who didn't have his dominant of a center had him he would be uh, still up there as one of the better players. So I and so once again projecting but by the end of his career I don't think five is going to be at all uh tough to argue. I I agree.
1: By the end of his career I can't do it yet only Fair. 3 seasons in the NHL. Yep. With that said, in his 3 seasons, if you compare it, hit that to Hayduke's first 3 seasons, Rantanen is significantly more productive. Right, right. So the talent is absolutely there, doing it back-to-back years now, showing a little bit more consistency. This is why we expect him to get a dump truck full of money in about a <laughs> month's time, but just not there yet part of top 10 lists is having to already prove it yeah and he has to some extent but boy to to slip him into the top five is tough for me because that means I have to consider putting Nathan McKinnon into the top three like I suspect you might have
2: um so yeah and and I completely understand that but with Ren and I don't I don't see him faltering i mean i don't either he could have a a lower point season than he's had sure maybe but i see him jumping into that superstar conversation very very quickly um so yeah but i so i'll just jump right into my four i didn't actually have mckinnon in the top three all right i had him at four nothing
1: crazy yeah we don't have to freak out no
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you 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 older abs fans can can (laughs) stay sane
1: (laughs) but yeah yeah the mckinnon conversation Certainly, I believe when his career is all said and done, he is the player that can compete for that top three spot. Right? I, I think he will legitimately be a player that can do that. These past two years are the reason why he's this high on right. our lists. It was looking a little bit dicey there mm-hmm. after his ELC, but he's come out and proven that he's one of the best players in the league. He second in MVP voting two years ago was just ranked the third best center in the league a couple of days ago. It's really, really exciting to have a player like this again. It's been a long, long time for the Avs. They've had their attempts with players like Duchesne before that, Svados, Wolski, whoever you want to talk about, but they've not had that true, true superstar talent since going back to the glory years. Right. And that is what Nathan McKinnon is.
2: Yeah. And so part of that's the interesting conversation and why someone could be outraged by having him this high is that, you know, he did start off those first three seasons and and not play as well. Right. He had the Calder year, but then he had a couple of pretty down years. Um, So I I can understand that. But at the same time, he came into the league at 17, um, which is really hard to do. And he's been able to find his game uh, relatively easily now. Um, won the Calder, heart finalist. I would be surprised if we didn't see uh, another trophy end up on his yeah. mantle by the end of his career. Uh, 29 points in 25 playoff games. So that was something else that I valued pretty highly True. was playoff performance. Um, and no one is, well, not no one, <laughs> but not many players can say they've been more dominant. So if, if you're someone who's putting uh you know a milan hayduke at your 4 my argument would be i don't think Hayduke has ever been ranked in the top 5 or top 3 even in uh in the nhl in terms of players just because he was never that all-star take over the game your top player on your team for the avs and um no no disrespect to Hayduke. i think he's an incredible player um but yeah he's he's got 402 points in 456 games and uh by the time he's done, I think he's going to have a couple of cups to go along with those trophies. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah, that that would be nice. That's right. Um,
1: yeah, I I completely agree. I, I think McKinnon is one of the top five abs of all time already. Yeah, And I'm sure some people will disagree with that. Maybe they want to see a little bit more longevity out of him. But the upside there that is what just blows me away. He's already this and you're saying there could be more.
2: Yeah. Oh, I and and that's something that um is one of my predictions for next season. I I think that he'll beat his career career points record once again barring a major injury. Um so you're expecting the big hundo then. I'm expecting the big hundo for sure. Uh apparently he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder from that. He's been getting some flack from some <laughs> other players like Brad Marchand. Um but I mean, just in terms, uh, as you've, we've talked about before off the air, uh, his shooting percentage has never been crazy high, so he's someone that relies on that volume, um, yeah. that volume. But we've seen his shot improve. Uh, he's started to get more creative in the ways that he scores. He's, the, the thing that I note is last season when um, he perfected that that one-time slap shot from, from the dot that goes top shelf every single time. <laughs> um, he perfected that about midway through the season. So he's trying to find more ways to score. Yeah. And so I think that we're going to see that shooting percentage go up. And he led the, led the league in shots last year. So if he can keep that volume up and, it, and his percentage goes up even slightly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right. It's <laughs> You're looking at a really dominant player.
1: Very, very fun to think about, certainly. Uh, with that... Hey, Duke was my number four. We already covered that. We'll go ahead and close segment two there and save the big three for the last segment. I think everyone knows who they are. It's just a matter of how do you list them. Yeah. And I suspect ours are different, and I suspect just about anyone you talk to might have a a different ordering for them. Yeah. We're gonna get out of here but first i gotta tell you guys about Houselift colorado and you know what's so great about our bsn family we now have multiple subscribers that have partnered with us to help promote their business chad with house lift has an incredible service for you if you or your friends are thinking about selling your house but it's not in tip-top condition go to houselift.com they will show you how to maximize your profit If your house is in need of an upgrade, Houselift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process, while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything, from the contractors to the design, while managing these costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website or Facebook page, both at houseliftcolorado.com, and check out the incredible remodels Houselift has done for homeowners here in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from 15 to 60K more in their clients' pockets. Call 303 885 7888 today and find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh, yeah, if you hire one of House Lift's preferred realtors, they will sell your home without
2: charging a listing commission. Hey, BSN listeners. If you enjoy the BSN Avalanche podcast and you're not already a BSN subscriber, you're missing out on Colorado's best sports content. Hockey season is coming up, so don't miss out on incredible in-season coverage from AJ, Rudo, and I. We pump out fantastic content no matter what time of year it is. Not to mention, BSN covers Broncos, Rockies, and Nuggets. So subscribe now and get a free t-shirt. Did I mention the first month is on us? Go to bsndenver.com right now to subscribe.
1: Final segment of the BSN Avalanche podcast with Nathan and Luke. We're into the top three abs of all time. Everybody knows who they are. Just a matter of what order you put them in. Mm. I'll go ahead and take the flack. I put the goalie third. Yeah. Okay, okay. Patrick Waugh. Arguably the greatest goalie of all time. A lot of that did not come with the Colorado Avalanche.
2: Yeah, that's true. But a lot of it did as well. A lot of
1: it did. And he, the Avs don't win two cups without him. No. Straight up. Not even going to try and argue with that. I think certainly one of the best playoff goalies of all time. Yeah, no kidding. Maybe not the greatest regular season goalie of all time. One of the greats, but probably not the greatest. And a little bit of a, a longevity thing there. Yes, he played a billion games, again, between Montreal and Colorado. Didn't even get a decade in a Colorado jersey. So
2: Yeah, and and once again that's where our lists differ, but yeah. um while he was here, he was unbelievable um and i am i'm also someone who's partial to um to goalies i think that as, as we've seen in like recent years in the nhl with ben bishop last year with dallas i don't think they had any business going to seven games with the blues but ben bishop just <laughs> one did, did, man did it. Yeah, yeah, he did it. so it just proves that you really can't i mean because that that last game um in overtime it was like the stars barely had the puck. Yeah,
1: they had like three shots and yeah. 40 minutes of play. And and Ben insane. Bishop
2: kept him in for as long as he did. So the point being, I think goalies can take over playoff games and they can single-handedly, you know, win you a couple of games, and maybe Certainly. put you through a series and whatnot like that. So, um, I value the goaltending a little bit higher, but I, I understand. I understand the reasoning. I think like, like you said, you can make any argument for these top yeah, three absolutely. in any order. um, but, yeah, I, my my three was actually Peter Forsberg. Um, so Calder winner, Art Ross winner, Hart winner. Um, the skill mixed with the physicality, uh, we talked about this a little bit off-air yesterday, how we're starting to see a little bit, a bit of that in Miko Randon. I don't want to put them on the same level in that sense, but um, you see Miko Rannan reverse-check someone, and you're like, wait a minute. But, uh, yeah, some of his... He would just drop the puck in one area, go hit somebody, and then go pick it right back up. It was incredible. And the amount of power that he can generate just standing still, uh, incredible. Um, He was also clutch in the playoffs, 153 points in 134 games. Um, The only thing that I could see kind of someone knocking him down is, is that he didn't play full seasons very much. He was injured a lot. But if you watch his game, you understand why. He sacrificed his body for goals, for wins. All of it, so yeah i I have Peter
1: Forsberg at one yeah. so <laughs> i he's my favorite player of all time, and absolutely the knock on him is his injury proneness, it's-
2: yeah, so in terms of the funnest players to watch i I don't think you could argue <laughs> anybody else just because of how how he combines all his attributes um but in- t- one of the big things for me was how much better did they make the team, and I think forsberg um While he did make the team a lot better and he won a lot of games, clutch moments, overtime goals, uh, you know, buzzer beaters, all that, um, he didn't have the impact that the other two guys had. I
1: disagree. When Forsberg was healthy, he was arguably... One of the top five greatest forwards of all time, in my opinion.
2: Well, and he does lead the Avs in points per game. He does.
1: And, it, look, you can only take so much out of the era adjusted stats. Sure, There's sure. a bunch of meh going on in there. Right. But he does rank in the top five all time in points per game in that statistic. And... It's interesting because the injuries he had came from the era he played in, but the era he played in is also what made him incredible. Right. Because every time up the ice, players would just grab him, hack him, just beat him up, (laughs) and he didn't care. (laughs) He'd go right through three players, all hanging off of him, and then make a no-look behind-the-back pass to a guy wide open on the back door who all he has to do is touch the puck, and it goes in the net. And that's why... I fell in love with the Abs
2: as a kid, and it's
1: a very nostalgic effect for me. Certainly,
2: <laughs> on this, I, I yeah. I'm I sure know if i had watched my uh, my rankings would be a little different if I had been alive back then. I'm sure they'd be different. But but yeah, he he's just a legend as far as I'm concerned. Uh,
1: okay, so Forsberg was my one. Wall was my three.
2: You had Forsberg at three you got the goalie or the captain at too i got the goalie okay i got patrick wall so uh like i said i really value the goalie so it was it, it was a, a conversation with myself but i think i don't think you can put anybody other than super joe at one um I, you know i i understand your ranking and i'm not i'm not knocking it but joe Sackick is just one of the all-time greats and if you want to get outside of just the playing. Yeah. He's also one of, you know, a GM who pulled off one of the best trades in history. So, um, there you go. If you
1: want to get outside the playing, you might have a conversation of not having Waugh in the top well, three. Th-
2: I thought about that, but, but you know, okay, you think you think he was definitely one of the main reasons of the 48-point season, if not the main reason, but he also was probably the main reason behind the anomaly in thirteen fourteen. Sure. So I kind of take those as a wash, Fair. Um, but yeah, yeah, you definitely could make that argument. But yeah, Waugh, three Veznas, three Conn Smythes, five Jenning trophies. Um, so two cups with the Avs, and uh, he, I just, yeah, he, his stats, I mean, he, he left, it led the Avs with best goals against with 2.27 yeah. Oh my god, if the Avs had that gold handing right now, can you imagine? <laughs> um best per- save percentage in franchise history, nine point or point nine one eight. Um most shutouts, thirty-seven. So I, the stats speak for themselves, but he's he also provided some of the best entertainment in terms yeah. of those goals. Always a fights. character. Oh my god, yeah, and the the greatest quote of all time. Yeah. I got two Stanley Cup rings in my ears. Yeah. Um so uh, I think the mixture of the play, the confidence the character um, makes him just an absolute all-star. Um, and, yes, he definitely did play a lot of time with Montreal, and I, I wish the Avs could have had him longer, but um, but I didn't knock him for, for being good on other teams as well. Oh, so. yeah. I mean, look, it,
1: this is truly splitting hairs on, yeah. <laughs> on who has to be on one, yeah. two, and three. Yeah. It's, let's not beat around the bush. Wah is an all-time great as well. And... Certainly, off the ice, probably the biggest character of the three, whether you know, even on the ice when he's doing things like giving the wink or, or yeah. whatever. And Zakkuk now has the nickname Quoteless Joe, so <laughs> not quite the same. Um, but he is a guy that will perhaps have a longer legacy, I think, than the other two just because goaltending is such a limited commodity in the nhl That right. when you're one of the greats there it's something that stands out joe sakic yes one of the greatest wrist shots ever will always be another guy that has a great wrist shot right and even look at alex ovechkin arguably the greatest goal scorer of all time you're, there's always going to be a next one when it comes to right. forwards and they come a lot quicker than the next greatest goalie
2: yeah and and wah also had the impact on the goalie position right that no other player did in terms of their position
1: arguably completely reformed the position
2: right and and also made it more popular made more players say i want to be patrick wah and and come into the league that way i
1: just it's a hard argument to to fight against to potentially even have him at one but yeah I, the legacy does not necessarily make you the greatest player on the team
2: agreed agreed and so in terms of in terms of play though i don't i don't think that i don't want to say i don't think that they win the cups without him oh but certainly yeah. i uh, it's it, you could make that argument and i would <laughs> you know it it is what it is but point is he he was such a huge impact on those um that that's why i had i had to put him to but
1: yeah that's it's perfectly fair. I had Sackick at two since I had Forsberg at one. I mean, what can you say about Joe? He's, right. He was the Avs for more than a decade. Right. And besides the great shot, besides the captaincy, he's the guy that was the face of the franchise. And yeah. every game, he's the guy in front of the cameras, much like we've talked about with what Landeskog is now. Joe Sakic was the OG as yeah, far as that yeah. is concerned.
2: Yeah, and you know the, the reason I have him over Wa. If you were to put Wa on the team right now and take McKinnon off of it, yeah, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if how far you see the Aves go. I mean, that, still a really, really good team, and I think they'd, they'd be solid. But I, I think that number one skater is. Yeah is more impactful to me than than the goalie, although it is close. Um, if you don't have that that guy that you can put everything on, then you don't have anything. And and then if you put Sackick and FOPA together, it's just stupid. Yeah, you get into <laughs> silly, your team has won two cups territory. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, yeah, so Hall of Famer, Hart, Conn Smythe, uh, yeah, once again, what can you say? Right. Super Joe exactly. He's...
1: It's interesting because really... The Avs historically are a fairly young team. Right, it you don't even have fifty players that have scored a hundred points in their careers in an Avalanche jersey. The team itself is just celebrated its twentieth season a handful of years ago, and there are not many Joe Sackicks, Peter Forsberg's, Patrick Waz around the league in any team's history. Right, so. To start the team off with that (laughs) makes it really, really hard to bring yourself back to reality when you're looking at the history of this team and you're
2: like, look, that's not
1: normal. You don't just have those guys all the time.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, they were generational players, but it's funny. I I can't imagine doing this list for, you know, the the Canadians or the Bruins or something like that. So many. Yeah, Yeah.
1: to put that top ten together, you
2: hall of famers would not be on your top 10. List. Right. Right. <laughs> so I, I thought it was hard enough at, with the, with the guys we had, but yeah. at least our top three was pretty clear cut. Yeah.
1: I, I think there's an argument to move a lot of things around on this yeah, list. Yeah. I don't see how you can't have these three as your top three. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I agree. Whatever order they're in. So, but I, I will say that as we're, Putting McKinnon higher and higher, you could see him crack this top three at some day. And someday. Um, that's the part that I wouldn't be extremely confident in because you never know. But uh, boy, is he looking good. Yeah. I'm, I'm also just that recency bias. I, I watched, I, I think the first season where I uh, really got into the abs was right after there. Uh, 08 playoff run with Sackick and Forsberg so okay. that's when I was 8 years old and then after that you know we drafted Duchesne. with Sackick and Forsberg right all right.
1: three games that Forsberg played that <laughs> yeah, year yeah
2: but but yeah so we, when we had had those guys uh I just remember watching that playoff series and then, yeah. so since then I have I've really not been able to see the winning days and uh so that's why I'm light
1: know. at the end of the tunnel man. right yeah. I
2: think that's why McKinnon and Randon are so high for me I'm yeah. just so excited to not be bad anymore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long decade yeah. other than uh thirteen fourteen and I don't even know if I want to count the playoff count the playoff appearance with Joe Sakic, so or yeah. with Joe Sacco rather. Yeah. Sorry. Those names are too similar for how very different <laughs> they represent the <laughs> yeah, no
2: kidding. Um and for those of you who are looking for oh, the, right, answer the, the answer to the trivia question, don't just leave the um, <laughs> The second leading player in terms of career points on the Avalanche is Milan Heyduk. Uh If you said Peter Forsberg, he had 755. Hejduk had 805, but
1: yeah. those injuries got him. Blame the injuries.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah. Before we get to a further off topic, we can go ahead and, and call it there. Uh, I'm sure we are already receiving comments about how your lists are completely different. So please post them in the comments and, and let us know who we forgot, because I'm sure there's someone. But yeah, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening, as always, and you will hear from us again tomorrow.
0: The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter.
1: We had six grand prizes this year and 40 plus other prizes so the the big ticket items so to speak or the grand prizes are a trip to the bmw championship including vip access thanks to our partnership with bmw uh, we have trip to stream song we have a trip to Bandon dunes we have a trip to sand valley and then we have what i think might be the coolest a chance to take in, uh a seven series bmw down to telluride to play in a cga only event the raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation.
0: For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org.